joining us. We're starting a brand new series this weekend entitled Mark It Up. And kids, I invite you to just take your color sheet and mark it up. But for every one of us, I'm going to invite us. This is a series in the Gospel of Mark is a mark it up moment. This is a moment to, to move into some growth steps. This is a moment to, to take a, a step of uh, growth and uh, achievement in our life. And in the Gospel of Mark, we're going to be looking at the ministry, the life, the stories, the miracles of Jesus. Now, Mark, Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark, he actually had dictated to him by Simon Peter. So the Gospel of Mark is really Simon Peter, one of the disciples of the Lord, telling John Mark the miracles of Jesus. The Gospel of Mark was written to the non-Jewish hearer of that time. So it's, it's written in a way that just gets to the point. It has less of the, of the Jewish historical and cultural aspects, but it takes us to the heart of the story, and we're getting this from Simon Peter. So for the next several weeks, we're just going to be looking at Jesus as we read through and study through the Gospel of Mark. Now, to introduce the message this weekend, uh, kids, have you ever had a game where maybe your brother or your sister or your parent or somebody, they gave you a word and, the, and you had to find the exact opposite of that word? You, you were given a word and you had to find or think of a word that's the exact opposite of that word. For example, kids, I, I want you just to say it out loud, just as loud as you can, okay? I'm going to give you a word. Think of the exact opposite. The word is hot. The opposite of that is? You're right. Short. The opposite of that is? Absolutely. Bad. The opposite of that is? There you are. We want to talk about God is good. Now, some of us are saying things are bad. Things are bad. We're in COVID saying things are bad. I want you to think the opposite, God is good. In fact, we often say God is good. What do we often say after that? All. And all the time, maybe you're watching online and it's time to just declare, God is good all the time. You may not feel like right now God is good all the time, but to declare it in faith. There in the comment section, God is good. Now, regarding this theme, do you know the word gospel? Gospel of Matthew, the gospel of Mark, gospel of John, gospel of... The word gospel literally means good news. That's its literal meaning. Gospel, good news. The good news of, about, of, of Jesus. Remember in, in the gospel, the account of the birth of Jesus? Shepherds are in the field. Angels come to the shepherds and say... For this night unto you was born in the city of David a Savior. And this is good news of great joy. At the, the birth announcement of Jesus declared it, it is good news. Now, I was looking up on the Internet. Where did we get the phrase good morning from? Now, there's all kinds of theories out there. I'm going to tell you, all kinds of theories where, the, where it originated. One theory, one theory out there, that it was in the 
early part of the 20th century, there was a man, a couple, who had a rooster, and the rooster's name is Sunshine. And they would get up in the morning and say, Good morning, sunshine. That's where they think that pretend. I don't know. It, it could be disputed. I'm just telling you that this is one theory that they would say in the morning, good morning to the rooster, sunshine. Good morning, sunshine. And they did it over and over again. Their kids picked it up, school teacher, and just kept doing it over and over again. And finally they say it just became commonplace and went around the world. However, the story goes on to say, that one day a fox ate their rooster. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so no longer could they say good morning, sunshine. Let me ask you, you ever feel like your rooster's been eaten? Uh, you know, <laughs> your plans for this year, we were going to do this and we were going to do that and we were going to expand the business or we were going to do this. or I was, I was going to have my own graduation ceremony. I look forward. I have 12 years of school and I get to walk the platform. And, and COVID ate my rooster, okay? You can, you can feel like that. Here's what I want to say to every one of us. God is good. And God wants to put some good in your morning. God wants to put some good in your afternoon, your evening, your marriage, your home, your heart, your dreams, your plans. God wants to put good in your life. God is good all the time. Now join me in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 1, verse number 1. We're going to begin to read here. Verse 1, it says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. This book opens up saying everything about Jesus that we're going to hear is going to be good news, and he's the Messiah. Now, verse number uh, 14 and 15 of this same chapter, it says that Jesus went through Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the Good news. The theme of chapter 1, Peter is giving us through John Mark, is that the life of Jesus, everything about Jesus, is good news. Everything that, if you will look at God, if you will look at life rather through the lenses of God, you're going to say God is good. God has the way of, of overturning the bad. And he takes the bad to the good. He takes the, the wrong to the right. He takes the worst to the better. God's in the business of that. Now, when my daughters were younger and at home, they were kids, yeah, they would just arbitrarily declare, Dad, this is opposite day. And that particular day, and if you wanted to go along with the game, that on opposite day, meant whatever you said, it was the exact opposite. For example, if we said to the girls, be quiet, that means for them to get louder. And if you wanted them to be, to be quiet, you'd have to say, I need you to get louder. Because in the game, and we had these opposite days declared, everything that was the whole game, is you had to talk in the exact opposite of what, you were, what was happening. But I want you to know, the gospel of Mark starts off with this saying, it's good news. Now, you may not feel like there's good news. You may not feel like things are good. But I want you to know God is good, 
And God has declared a divine opposite day for all those who are experiencing the broken, the bad, the worst, the disappointments in life. Jesus, one man, one man overturned the penalty of sin. One man reversed the eternal destiny of those who were without God. In fact, the New Testament say we were without hope and without God. But Jesus came in and Jesus redeemed us when I was lost and undone. And Jesus didn't save me because I was good, I was perfect, and I was doing the right thing. In fact, the Bible said when I was a sinner, when I was going the wrong direction, hostile to God, Jesus loved me. And that's the the good news that you and I celebrate today. God is doing something good in your life. Now there is a word adults use all the time. And it typically means that something unfortunate or unpleasant is going to occur. We use this word when it seems like it's unavoidable. It's when, when a, something is certain to happen and we don't want it to happen, we use the word inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. What we're saying is we're casting gloom over it. Divorce is inevitable. Some of us are saying that today. Others, they're saying bankruptcy is inevitable. Some are saying failure is inevitable. There's something of bad news that seems impossible in your eyes, that seems you've been delivered the worst news, and you're already leaning into that news. You're already expecting the worst of it's inevitable. But here's a man called Jesus, and everything about him, the Bible said he he. His, his whole life is centered around bringing good news to people. And God is in the business of taking the worst, the broken, the mistakes, the inevitable of life, reversing it and giving us new hope. There are two words, two words that Jesus reverses. I'll call them two D, letter D words. To begin with the letter D, two words that Jesus reverses, doubt and discouragement. Doubt and discouragement. Some of us are doubting ourselves. Somebody say, it's inevitable that it happened and I, I doubt anything will change it. I doubt I couldn't pull through this. I doubt I'll be able to get on the other side of this. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And some of us, it's discouragement. It's discouragement. This is worn on. And you're saying, when is it going to end? And how am I going to get past that? You're discouraged today. Jesus reverses that. And there's two thoughts I want to lead with us. I want to deposit something in our spirits. Kids, these two points are there on the back side. On the back side, I want you to fill this in in your, in your color sheet there. I want you to remember this. The first thing, the first thing is to always start with Jesus. Number one, start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. And the beginning, verse number one says, and the beginning of the good news about Jesus. 
always start with Jesus. You see, God wants to be number one. Jesus just expects to be number one. Our lives work best when Jesus is first, foremost, when Jesus is priority one in our lives. We call Sunday the end of the weekend. We call Saturdays on the weekend, end, weekend. And Sunday is the last day of the weekend. But if you look on your calendars, Sunday is always the first day. Have you ever noticed on calendars, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? It's always the first day. The New Testament church worshiped on Sunday. Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week, Sunday. And the Bible says because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week, it, that's when the New Testament church, to honor, to put God first, they began worshiping on Sunday. And it's really this, it, I'm not talking about, don't, don't get caught up on days, okay? It's not, it's not the day, it's the principle, it's the idea that God needs to be first. And even human history is divided into B.C. and A.D. B.C., before Christ, A.D., which means in the year of our Lord. We're in 2000 A.D., the year of our Lord. In other words, we count back that 2,000 years ago, uh, uh, 2,020 years ago, there was... Uh, there was a man by the name of Jesus. He lived, he walked this earth, he was on planet earth. We're in that year of our Lord. And some of us, we want an A.D. life, but we have a B.C. heart. We want an A.D. life. We want God to bless we want God to work. We want to say, God, I want to year, live in the year of the Lord. I want, I, want you, I want you to bless this, and I want you to guide, and I want you to provide, and I want you to heal. And I, I want God, I want you to bring all the blessings, but we've never had a Jesus experience. We haven't started with Jesus. We tacked it on. We say, God, you can fit in this corner. God, you can have this part. And here in the Gospel of Mark says, and beginning the good news. The beginning, there has to be a start point with Jesus. People say today, oh, I'm spiritual. Yes, I'm, I, I don't go to church, but I'm sincere and I'm spiritual. Basically what they're saying, they want to excuse themselves and set themselves on a pedestal that they can have, they, they want all of God's goodness, but they don't want Jesus. They don't want to follow the claims of the gospel. They don't want to follow the steps of Jesus. They basically want to live their own life, their own way, and they don't want to have Jesus involved. They have a B.C. life. They've never come to Jesus. And it's crucial in our life that we must have a start with Jesus moment. And if you're watching online and you've never given your heart to Jesus, there comes a moment you've got to say, Jesus, come into my heart. For everyone in the room, there's a moment in which we have to say to Jesus, Jesus, everything is about you. I must put you first in everything. Over here, I have a, I brought this from the house. This is a double chocolate brownie mix okay and let's say after church 
Denise is going to make me double chocolate brownie. I didn't get an amen. You had you missed your moment. I don't know if the mask or was saying there, but we couldn't hear it. So I need, I need a, I need. You have to say amen a little louder in the room for Denise to hear this. That after service, I am going to get double chocolate brownies. Amen. Yes, it's a common consensus, Denise. It's already determined here. This mix is kind of just like this book, the Bible. Follow with me. Follow with me. On the back side of this mix. There are three parts. Part number one, turn on the oven to 325 degrees. Part two, take some water, take an egg, stir in the mix, blend it together, spread it evenly on the pan. That's part two. Part three, put it in the oven <coughs> for a total of some 30 Five minutes, and then I have double chocolate chip brownies that I'm going to baptize with a scoop of bluebell vanilla ice cream, and I'm going to say hallelujah, hallelujah, yes. But if I don't start the where I'm supposed to start, let's say I decide I'm going to just do part two and part three. I'm not going to start where I should start. I put the egg in. No, excuse me. Denise puts the egg in. <laughs> let's, get to, let's get this biblically correct, okay? Put the egg in. Put the water. Blend it together. Spread it evenly on the pan. I skipped part one. It didn't turn on the oven. She didn't turn on the oven. Let me get this right. She puts it in the oven for 35 minutes. And 35 minutes later, because I skipped one, I didn't start where I was supposed to start, I don't get brownies. I get mud. I get mud. I just get this gooey stuff. It's, it's not what I want. You call this brownies, Denise? Look, look, look at this stuff. It's, it's, it's mud. It's not warm. It's that. It will be a disappointment. We've done the same thing. We do, we do the same thing with God. We don't start where God says start. Oh, we don't, we don't put Jesus number one. We don't start off, and the beginning of the good news starts with Jesus being who he is and what he must be in our life. Jesus number one, what we say is, God, I'll give you leftovers. You're the part-time Jesus. Stay in this corner. I, you can have this, God. I want you there when I want you. I, I don't want to come to a come-to-Jesus moment where Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I'll give you visiting rights. And Jesus is saying, I don't want visiting rights. I want full custody. I want to come into your life. I want to be the Lord, the Savior. I want to be your all in all. I want to control. I want to be involved in every aspect of your life. And when we start with Jesus, everything becomes, and that's good. Start where you should start. The right start will have the good ending. It will have a good finish. And you'll like it. If I do if Denise does all three and starts where you should start, it'll be a good ending. But if we skip something, it won't be. Something will be missing.
Is there something missing in your life? Start with Jesus. Number two, kids, it's on your notes. Follow along with me. Not only start with Jesus, stay with Jesus. Start with Jesus, stay with Jesus. Did you notice there's a word in verse number one I want to go back to? And Jesus, the Messiah. Now, that's not a word we use in everyday everyday vocabulary, the Messiah. Now, the Jewish people of that day understood exactly what that meant. When, when Simon Peter told Mark, write this down, he's, he's Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. The word Messiah, the name Messiah means the anointed one. Stay with me. I could literally say it means he's the one. He's the one, the only one. There's no other. There's not another alternative. He's the one and only. Before they had Elijah, the prophet. They had Moses, the prophet. They had David, the great psalmist and king of Israel. They had had Obadiah, Hosea, Daniel, all these great men, but they weren't the one. They came along and for a time their ministry was, but then it passed. And then somebody else would come. But when it came to Jesus, he's the one and the only. There's no one after him. He's the the one. In other words, start with Jesus and stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Nothing else is coming. (coughs) Nothing else is going to follow. Have you noticed we have a hard time staying with things? You know, I'm talking, we, we procrastinate. We have a hard time just focusing in on things. Did you ever decide to go on a nutrition plan? You order the vitamins and you're going to eat healthy. And you say, from now on, we're going to quit doing this and we're going to quit doing that. And we're, you get all the vitamins and you get all the vegetables and you, you read all about it. And you're going to eat broccoli every day and carrots and about a week into that. You think, I need some Lay's potato chips and some bluebell ice cream. (laughs) I need to be rescued from, we don't stay with it. How many of you have ever decided you're going to lose 20 pounds and you still have 18 pounds to go and you've been working on it for three years? Uh, You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to get on a medicine regiment and I'm going to watch what I eat. New Year's resolutions that we never fulfill because there's something about staying with it. It's hard to stay with it. We mean well. We start off, but we don't stay with it. You see, people don't start with Jesus because of doubt. And people don't stay with Jesus because of discouragement. Yeah, discouragement. Discouragement comes in. And we say, you know what, I I wanted to. I promised God that I would, but you know what, it's too hard. Pastor, it's, it's it's just so many rules. There's so many regulations. There's so many expectations. It's it's just so hard to do it. It's difficult to get there. I do my best, but it seems like I always fail. They meant well, but they didn't stay with Jesus. The key to living for Jesus is living in Jesus. The key to living for Jesus is living in Jesus. 
And what's happened to many of us right now, this COVID came and got out of church, got out of our routine. We weren't in the presence of the Lord like we were. We had all these obligations kind of shut in, working at home, staying at home. Kids got on our nerves. We got on our nerves. We don't like it. We're looking at things. We wish it would be different, the uncertainty of the moment, and you can get in kind of a sad moment. In fact, as I was thinking about the weekend service, the Lord laid on my heart, there is a spirit of sad in some people's lives. There's a spirit of sad. It's sad the way things are. It's sad that we can't have life the way we want. Kids, I want you to look at this. I'm holding a penny right here. It's a penny. Look how small this penny is. Now look at it in comparison to this room. But look at it in comparison to Texas, this penny. Look at it in comparison to the earth. The earth, then look at it in comparison to the sun. The sun is infinitely larger than the, than the earth. But do you know, if I hold this penny close enough to my eye, I can absolutely block the sun go outside and I hold it close enough, close one eye, and I can block out the sun, not even see the sun shining because of this little penny. Some of us have taken this moment and it's all we're focusing on. We're so sad. Just It's just kind of, it's like this for us right now. We're kind of caught in the moment, so sad. Don't look at it, look through it. You need to start looking through this. If you won't look at it, look through it, and you'll say, yes, God is good all the time. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not fully understanding what today is. I don't know when things will be normal, but I'm looking through it. And the verdict at the end, everything that Jesus is involved in, the final verdict is God is good all the time, and I'm going to stay with Jesus, must stay with him. All the expectations, we say, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's like the person says, I'm going to graduate from college in two years. When I'm out of school within one year, I'm going to be making a six-figure income. I'm going I'm to get out of debt in 18 months. I'm going to lose 60 pounds in 60 days. We, we, we have these lofty dreams and goals, and then when it doesn't come about, we get discouraged. I want you to think stepladder and not cliff climbing. Have you ever seen somebody cliff climbing? 300-foot precipice, cliff, 500-foot, and they're climbing. They're taking, taking something and putting it in the crack and putting a rope through it in the crevice there and then hoisting themselves, and they're, they're going up on just this journey to climb this high cliff. It seems just insurmountable. We think everything with God is insurmountable. I can't do that. I, I, can't, I, 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 can't, I can't turn everything. I can't just surrender. I can't ask God. I, I, I just can't do all the expectations. Do not think cliff climbing. Think stepladder. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say the giant leap of a good man is ordered of the Lord. The Bible says, and the steps of a good man or order to the Lord. And the thing you want, the thing you want to be, the thing you're hoping and the thing you're praying, just, just out of your reach, just out of your reach. 
get a stepladder, one more step, and what was out of your reach, you can now reach. Yes, you can do it. You see, the next thing God's going to do could be just one step away. Just one step away. Just take a step. You don't have to take a giant leap. You don't have to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Just take the next step. The next step for you may be water baptism. The next step for you, the next step for you is just to enroll in school in the fall. You've got to put the dream in your heart. Don't throw away everything God has done in every dream because of this. Continue in it. The next step for you could be learning to give to the Lord. You love God, but give to the Lord. The next step, you came to Jesus couple a couple came to Jesus have one or two kids they, they, they met been living life came to Jesus but they never got married your next step is putting that relationship under the covering of God's blessings online church you're a viewer God doesn't want you to be just a viewer God wants you to be a doer it's easy to view it's harder to do Take the step of doing something. Just take one more step. You could be one step away from God taking you into the good. You don't have to, you don't have to leap a tall building. Just, to, just stay with Jesus. You took one step, then go ahead. Take another step. Just just keep taking another step. Stay with him. Just stay with Jesus. Because if you'll just stay with Jesus, in the final analysis, you're going to say, and God has been good to me. I'm going to lead you in prayer. Online, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Maybe you declare in the comment section, God, you're good. Maybe you're going to say as a confession, I'm going to stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Just the word stay. I'm going to stay with Jesus. Here in the room, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't crumble. Don't, don't surrender. Don't shut down. Stay with Jesus. And your final testimony will be, God's been good to me. I want you to pray that now, right now, online as well and here in the room. I just want you to begin to pray that. Would you do that? Just to call that out for the Lord. If you'll bow your head, just want you to pray that. God, I'm going to stay with you. God, I'm going to stay with you. Declare it. I started with you, but I'm going to stay with you. I'm not turning back now. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm not going to shut down. Pray that. I'm going to stay with Jesus. I'm going to take the next step. What's the next step God's talking to you about? Take that step. Just just say, I'm going to do it. not going to give up. not going to walk away. I am going to do it in the name of the Lord. You declare that. And I'm going to speak over your life. This is the beginning of the good news in God's working in your life. In Jesus' name. 